0: take my shoes off when I'm singing. (laughs) Power of the Lord. Can everybody hear me okay? Okay, good. So I just want to go back to prayer again. Lord, I thank you and praise you. I rejoice and give you thanks and praise. Um, Lord, I just ask that you speak directly through me. This is your word. Push me aside. (laughs) Lord, I thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, yeah, Gary's not feeling well. <laughs> um, he got a little bit of a sinus infection. I guess there's a lot of smog where they are. Um, they burn stuff. Um, so he got a sinus infection. Um, he had it planned, so I kind of took a little few snippets out of what he had planned um, and put it in this as well. Um, but he going to share next week. Um, so this is called the – well, I think – I don't know what it's in the um, – bulletin, but at the power of God. As you know, many of us, I, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting off. As you know, we moose-sired some puppies, and my son received one, and his name is Mac. Tuesday night, my son decided to take Mac for a ride in the truck, and they were in the truck, and then my son realized he forgot something, so he left Mac in the truck while it was running ran into the house. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Kyle comes back and he finds Mac has locked the doors. His paw hit the power button of the lock. I guess Mac decided to keep himself safe until Kyle came back in the car. You know. Um, Kyle was smart, though, and he called AAA. But he also called Mom in a panic because he didn't know what to do. The AAA policy number was in the truck. So Mac on the inside, looking at my son, saying, Why did you leave me in here, and why aren't you coming back in? He was whining and crying. Mac didn't know, though, that he had the power to unlock the door, nor did he realize that he locked Kyle out. Kyle, sympathetic, but had no power to get his puppy out. No extra keys, no unlocking apparatus to open the truck door with thoughts of breaking the window, but at a greater cost than calling AAA. That would be cheaper. AAA on the way with some possibility of a reunion between best friend and his master. So to be continued, okay? (laughs) So our passage today is um, John 15, 1 through 17. So if you want to look in your Bibles, I'm going to share what Gary has here. In our study of John, Jesus is getting his disciples on the same page. Jesus is explaining the foundation to his new kingdom community he is establishing, a community based on shared practices or values. Today, you might say we are looking at how we can identify each other. How do we know who's one of us? So Jesus teaches about the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You, already cl- you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you... Ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, the first thing we see in these verses is that Jesus says he is the vine. This vine, Jesus, is our power, he is our connection to life situations. God, our Father, is the gardener. He cuts off branches that do not bear fruit and prunes those branches that will bear more fruit. Branches that bear fruit are true believers in Christ, wanting to do God's will. Branches that do not bear fruit are those who have turned away from Christ and do not believe fully that he is who he says he is. The commentary in my Bible says, fruitful branches are cut back to promote growth. God must discipline us to strengthen our character and faith. But branches that don't bear fruit are cut off at the trunk because not only are they worthless, but they often infect the rest of the tree. People who won't bear fruit for God or try, who try to block the efforts of God's followers will be cut off from his life-giving power. Sure, we could say that if a person doesn't have peace or doesn't love, then they aren't part of the family, but those are internal qualities, ones you can fake even. So, How are we supposed to identify other Christians? What does bearing fruit and not bearing fruit look like? What does blocking the efforts of God's followers look like? So what comes to mind for me are the fruits of the Spirit. Gary had the same scripture, so we were on board together. So if you look at Galatians 5... 19 through 26 the acts of the sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So God gives us a direct list of sins and fruit in this passage. We are not perfect, but Christ is. Christ died for our sins. Before we were born again, we lived in these simple ways. Verse 24 says those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires that sinful nature we were stuck in is no more because jesus sacrifice and his forgiveness and his death on the cross was paid for our sins as a christian we should no longer want to satisfy these sinful desires John 15, verse 2, God says he is going to cut off every branch in Christ that does not bear fruit, yet prune the branches that do bear fruit so it will bear even more. This is not done by our doing, but only by God. Those who are still in the sinful nature do not bear fruit. Verse 3 says you are clean because of the word God spoke to you. As we hear God's words of Jesus' sacrifice for our sins, and we repent and we believe, we become born again. We are clean and cleansed from the sinful nature of our past. When we say yes to Jesus, God comes in and starts to prune us because of his love for us, because he loved us first the stickiness of our past simple nature starts to fade away. It can still linger, but mainly because of us, our guilt, which needs pruning. Satan, too, is really good at reminding us of our past, which can cause a lot of us to stumble. And this is why we need to remain in Christ. We are able to be aware of what is not producing fruit in ourselves and in each other because of his word and what it says. Christians who bear the Lord's fruit bears the fruit of the Spirit. We need to understand that God does prune all of us. He starts before we knew him and until the race is done. Every one of us will be pruned, and if you haven't experienced it yet, you will. What does pruning look like for believers? I believe it's exactly what Galatians six twenty two twenty three 23 says. God prunes us so that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control can increase in us anyone pray for patience how's it go for you it doesn't go well with me when i do that for me when i pray for patience um, my day becomes a bit more chaotic to the point where i have to actually improve my patience right that's usually what happens when god is increasing that patience for us I can't increase my love for others unless I show my love in word and deed. God pruned my faithfulness in him during some hard times with my son a few years ago. Pruning does not feel good. It really doesn't. But it does repair itself. And it does make us stronger. Sometimes pruning occurs with the loss of a job with disagreements, a loss of a friendship, an injury, or the death of a family member. I experienced a time of jealousy and envy in my first years as a new believer. God pruned that right out of me, and it was a humbling time. Um, A writer of the International New York Times, his name is Yong-ha Kim, wrote, People who don't know how to summarize have no dignity. Neither do people who needlessly drag on their messy lives. They who don't know the beauty of simplification, of pruning away the unnecessary, die without ever comprehending the true meaning of life. Maybe you can't allow God to prune past hurts that results with unforgiveness. You keep dragging on the messiness of life where you can't stop talking about how people just can't get it right and you start gossiping? I don't know if the New York Times writer is a Christian, but I do know the true meaning of life is Jesus Christ. Jesus heals and cleanses and loves us no matter what our past is or was. We do need to stop dragging the past into our present life. Because it will not produce fruit. If you're still struggling with past sins, you need a heart to heart with Jesus. He's hearing you and He's listening, and He knows what you're going through. When we let God prune us without having a self pity party, it opens the doors for increased fruit in our lives. Stuff happens. And I'm the biggest complainer to God there is. (laughs) When I was going through school, again, six years ago, it was hard. I did more crying and complaining than I think I ever had done. But there was one time when I was really crying and complaining, and I think it was close to graduation time, and I was like, I am not graduating, I'm not going to get this done. And that's when I heard his voice so clear in the shop and holding that right hand of yours the whole time you've been complaining through school. And I have not let you go. All right. And guess what? He is never going to leave your side as long as we imbibe and remain in him. He's always by our side, even through the complaints. And he wants to hear our... I mean, he he doesn't want us to complain, but he'll hear us. He'll sit with us. He's our friend. Right? Catholic nun, Mother Angelica, Angelica I guess? Anyway, she stated, The suffering of this life not only can make our temperament more like the divine personality of Jesus, but it detaches us from this world. This divine preparation opens our souls to the working and the pruning of the Father. And if we read on into John, which I'm thinking Gary's going to do next week, Jesus warns the disciples about not belonging to the world. That the world hates Jesus, he was saying. It hates me because, you know, he's exposing their sins. And they're going to hate you, too, as disciples. But... With um, the statement, when we go through the suffering, you know, it's moving us closer to Christ, and it's taking us away from what the world says is wrong. Don't suffer; that's awful, right? The world tells us not to, you know, to be mad and to take revenge, and but that's not what Christ is about. Being a Christian does not exempt us from suffering either. We need to take everything that life hits us to Jesus the vine. The power that gives us strength. The purpose of pruning is to improve the quality of the roses, not hurt the bush. That was a Christian writer, Lawrence Latar. So we have this butterfly bush in the back of the parsonage and its branches now are so heavy that it's just pulling the trunk out of the ground. Gary is pruning it and we'll need to stabilize the trunk so the bush won't die. I love the bush cuz it brings beautiful butterflies. But as I was thinking about it, as the body of Christ, you know Christ is our trunk. We can't break that trunk. It is solid. It's not like my butterfly bush. We're the branches. But we can allow some stuff to weigh us down and to make those branches heavy where God does need to prune that so that we can make more growth, right? So that it strengthens the body of Christ here. So if we're not being pruned, then the body of Christ here can't grow and can't blossom And become beautiful. Every bit of fruit that is producing, God's going to produce to make more fruit. So I have to ask you what's weighing you down? How are you weighing down your sister or brother in Christ? Is there pride in you? Or are you ready to be led by the Lord? Are you hearing great things and sacrificing your time to do God's will? Are you holding on to the fruits of the Spirit, wanting them to grow? There's a lot of fantastic things going going on in the body of Christ. Wednesday night is a true factor of that. And it's growing so much that we really need you. We need everybody. The vine dresser is never nearer the branches than when he is pruning them. Dr. David Jeremiah. God prunes the body of Christ. God prunes those not in Christ. When he prunes, he is very close. Individually and with the body. When he's pruning you, he is so near, you don't even realize it because sometimes we're just in our emotions and we can't, we can't feel him or see him, but he is very near. Separation from Christ is like Kyle and Mac, looking at each other, but having the inability to move the situation without tools, without the knowledge of pushing the power button. We must remain in Jesus. We will not bear fruit if we don't. We cannot do anything without Christ, because Christ is the key and the power if we do not remain in Christ we will wither and die the Lord our God puts us in the fire we are thrown away my suggestion to you is don't give up the people that are thrown in the fire don't believe they want to live a selfish life a sinful life so remember that just ask yourself where am I Lord with you Do I want to change? I want to be pruned. Will it hurt? Yes. Might hurt a little. It might hurt a lot. Does it feel better once it's done? Yes. Do the wounds heal and make you stronger? Yes. So Gary wanted me to read. Well, I wanted to read this. This is what Gary wrote we act as if the fruit is ours. That we can produce it if we work hard enough and do a lot in the church. But the reality is, it's not our job to produce fruit. It's God who produces fruit. Our responsibility is to remain in him and abide in him. In John, he tells us to be one of his sheep. Hear his voice and follow him. Here he says, be a connected branch. And because of who you are connected to, your life will produce fruit. That's a lot of weight off your shoulder, right? That's all we have to do. Stay connected. Because we are connected to the source of life, truth, power, our lives will produce fruit. That's the message in today's text. Stop striving to produce fruit and strive to remain connected. Seek first the kingdom and all things shall be added unto you. It's all about abiding. Him in us, us in him. It's not about us producing fruit. He produces fruit, as long as we remain in him. And you know, in the text it says, Remain in me ten times, between verse 1 and 17. I think God wants us to know something, right? Verse 7 through 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is my Father's glory, that that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Remain in the Lord and his word. You have to be in God's word. You can't just come and hear scripture on Sunday. If you're not reading God's word, you're not. In the power of God's word. Alright? I am. You will not hear about the truth. You will not understand what sin is. You have to be in his word. Because God convicts us with his word. He brings us closer in his word. It's a love letter to us. Don't miss out. Christ's name is power. When we ask. Anything in his will, according to his will. In his name, we have power, and he gives it to us. Maybe not the way we want it, but it happens. He does answer. The fruit of the Spirit is power of God's will. Your fruit shows that you are a disciple of Christ. Apart from Christ, you have no power. Verse 9 through 10, chapter 15. Oh, let me go back. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. So, God loves Jesus. Jesus loves us. Remain in his love. And then God's power is in Christ's love. You hear that in the scripture? We need to obey the Lord's commands, and his commands are in his word. Jesus obeyed God as an example for us to obey God's word. Christ came as an example for us to follow. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. So we receive joy in Christ And as we do his will, his joy is complete in us. Without Christ, we have no joy. Joy is in him, not of the world, not in the possessions that we own, not in our families. It's in him. That's where we find joy. Verse 12 through 14. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Jesus laid down his life for us. We too must do the same for each other. We need to remove the pride, the selfishness, the look at me. We need to humble ourselves to do his will. I had to bring two Bibles. I didn't want to be flipping pages. When I was praying about whether or not I should do this, God gave me this scripture. I'm I'm not reading the whole thing, but Titus chapter 3. I suggest everybody read it. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies, arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a decisive person once, then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. That's the way to identify fruit and each other. God's power is so amazing. I mean, he calls us friends, right? Verse 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. We do serve the Lord, but he says we're no longer servants, we're friends. We get to know what God's doing, right? Friends get to know what's happening in each other's life. He's not It's not a mystery. Christ calls us friends, he gained, and he gained all this from God, and he wanted us to know this. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He chose us first. He loved us first. Jesus chose us to bear fruit. When we love one another, God hears our prayers, and we can ask him for anything. And so I ask, do you want power? in our church do you want the power in our church I know I do if we're divided will we have fruit if we quarrel and argue with one another are we going to have any fruit Mm -mm. we must care for one another as we seek the will of our Lord Jesus Christ we need to lay our lives down for one another So I want to take you back to Mac and Kyle. Kyle loves his puppy. Mac loves his master, his best friend, right? Kyle weighing the cost to get his puppy free. Mac trusting that eventually I will be held by my master because he sees me. Jesus sees you. He knows you. Triple A comes and tries to get the door open before Kyle breaks the window. Kyle's roommate is also helping goes around to the other side of the truck gets Mac's attention come on over here while they work on the window Mac follows Kyle's roommate puts his paw on the ledge of the door and hits the window power button and the window comes down (laughs) Mac is excited, Kyle's excited everybody's, you know, all good You know, sometimes it takes the love of others to work out a situation to help us be set free. You know, it takes all of us as the body of Christ. The key is to know the power source and to remain in the power source of Christ. We just have to ask. We have to come and ask. We have to remain in Him. And then the window will come down. The door will open. If we do not remain in him, we have no power. So is God pruning you? Are you producing fruit? Or are you remaining in Christ? Or are you that branch that will be thrown into the fire? I believe if you know Christ, you're not going to be thrown into the fire. But if you're struggling with some past sins, then talk to Gary. Talk to one of us do you want the power of christ in you he has made it ready and willing for you he chose you he appointed you to bear fruit if you're here today jesus has a message for you every single one of you he had it for me he wants you to be a part of him to bear fruit that lasts so who's holding the power button in your life you or the lord He is going to prune you no matter what. The only job we have is to remain in Christ. Christ paid the ultimate cost for our sins. It's already been weighed. It's been done. There is victory. You are set free by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. As a believer, he has chosen you for his will. He chose you first. He wants to use us in this life. He is your friend and God wants to fill you with lots of fruit. Fruit that is eternal and that will last. Pruning is not easy. In verse 17, it says, This is my command, love each other. He invites us to experience his love, and he wants us to tell everyone about his love. And that's why he commands us to love one another. And the only way to do this is to remain in him and to abide in him. So as the body of Christ, how are we loving? I have three neighbors. One who um, Peggy mentioned today, who is in the hospital, went under surgery, and has not woken up. And spoke with his wife yesterday. She's distraught. All three of my neighbors don't, they kind of believe, but they don't come to church. And she gave me all kinds of excuses as to well. why. But I also told her how much we loved her and how much we're praying for her. And I came alongside of her in belief that he is going to wake up. And so that's our prayer. Why does this happen, she asked. God's pruning, right? God's doing something, and only good can come out of it. So are we going to be there for our neighbors? I can guarantee a lot of us don't know what's going on with our neighbors, including myself. So we God's calling us to love, to abide, and to do the work that he's calling us to do. And the only way we can do it is together. Amen? Do I need to pray? I can pray. I'll pray and then we'll sing, right? So, Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, just keep holding us accountable. Keep pruning us. Keep using us. And, Lord, thank goodness that we it's you giving us the fruits, not us. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Stand with us.